As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody that is tuning in, Marcus Thompson should be here in one second. And I've, is that Marcus Thompson I hear? Yes, sir. Okay, sir. Um, I am going to kick us off. I, I'm going to say hello and welcome to a live edition of, we're going to call this a Warriors All-82 season preview podcast. Is uh, I just tweet I just tweeted out the link. I, we'll, we will bring on people a little bit later in the show to... Uh, ask questions any you know pressing questions they have going into the season but um let's start just you know you and me marcus like i you know i guess what is it in about 24 hours a little bit more than that till till the warriors kick off this title defense what is uh topic number one you know highest priority on your mind uh survival this has been a crazy couple of weeks and it felt like we're supposed to be chilling right now and, and ramping up to this big day, but that's not what we're doing. We've been full go. Like it's the middle of the season. Middle of the playoffs. It's felt very, right. you know, as far as just like coverage <laughs> standpoint, like press conferences that are, you know, feel very weighty, big decisions, big news breaking items. Yeah, it has been. And you, you know, if we're feeling that they're feeling that. Oh, no question. I know they're going to be tired of us already, but you know, in a month. But uh, other than that, I'm really interested in Clay Thompson. Um, this is his first opening night in three years. Actually, four. First opening night since 2018. So, and that was also a ring night. Clay's last three opening nights have been ring nights. What, what a life. But I do feel like, just as was the case last season, a lot of this season hinges on Clay being good. And better, even better than he was last year. This kind of idea that Clay will get back to being the Clay who's efficient, defensively stout, etc. I just want to see it. I don't know if we, we we won't get that answer right away. He's probably not going to play that many minutes. Steve said he's not ready to. He looked good Friday night though. What did he hit? Like man, the, the right? Stat, by like, the way, the stats were broken, so I don't remember exactly how many he threes hit he hit. Three, okay, it was yeah. six. 
Yeah, he ended up hitting six threes. He looked in great. like eighteen minutes, or like yeah, it was like he, six. Looked, he looked incredible. Like especially in Denver was like getting with him a little bit. Denver was playing really hard, and you know they got a nice little lineup. Michael Porter Jr. was was cooking a bit. So it was like, all right, they're looking a little scattered right now. Then here comes Clay with you know with those big threes. He's just such a he's such a game changer for them. So. I'm just I'm going to I'm looking forward to start this process of seeing if Clay if last year is what we saw, like last year what we saw from him is like the new normal, or if he gets back to that other guy, because a lot of the talk is all right, he's had a full offseason, you know, he's been healthy, he's been able to work on his game. Apparently there's a issue with his calf that they were trying to monitor and make it's sure. It's just like did. leg strengthening stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his calf wasn't so now they think his calf is like strong enough. So they're about to make him go. You know, he's about to start wrapping up and getting his conditioning together. But to me, that's just like a big deal. You know, because I do think from a human interest perspective, Clay is, you know, very, you know, I guess fascinating topic heading into the season. But to me, like, you know, first of all, I don't think he's ever getting back to 27, 28 or Clay Thompson. I don't, I don't think if he never even had the injuries, we'd probably be, still be seeing some sort of a, a decline. I think it's been interesting. Steve Kerr has mentioned the idea of like fitting him in different lineups where he might even be the power forward, which is just a signal to like, you know, he's getting a little bit slower. He's getting a little bit, you know, I guess he's just not as laterally quick anymore. He's not going to guard the Morants, the Lillards of the world. We know that. So I don't think that's ever coming back. Um, but, but, you know, he doesn't really like Moses Moody is rising. Dante DiVincenzo is here. Jordan Poole has proven, put him in the starting lineup and they can start a season 18 and two without Clay Thompson in the starting lineup. So I don't, he's not like absolutely vitally necessary to be like, you know, all-star Clay Thompson or anywhere near that for this team to, to survive or even thrive. I mean, they won the title last year and he was good in the finals and he's necessary at the highest levels of playoff basketball just because of what he can be and those big, you know, bulk shooting nights he can have to just, you know, win it all, you know, win a game by himself essentially. But on this roster, like, I think they could slow play him and like, we wouldn't even really notice that much. I mean, just because I'm already, and maybe this is kind of the topic I'm looking at heading into the opener, but like, where are, like, how are a lot of these guys getting the minutes that they should be getting? DiVincenzo, Moody, Poole are all coming off the bench in the backcourt. I mean, those are three guys where if they're playing 30 minutes, you're like, yeah, that's fine. So I, I guess I was just, you know, I, maybe I'm counterbalancing you a little bit there, but I'm like, I mean, Clay don't have to be that good really for this team, at least in the immediate. Yeah, he doesn't have to be, but you know he wants to be. And like rotations aside, and like the, this real, like very serious minutes crunch aside, we know where Clay's mindset is. And also, I don't think this is a small thing. Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins just signed for big money, and these OGs, these guys, like they're these are some prideful, accomplished guys. They want. They want their due respect. They want their, you know, their legitimacy and greatness to be recognized. And I don't think Clay is going to be ready to just push it <laughs> to be pushed aside. I, and I don't think True. he's looking at it like that. Like these guys are coming to take my spot, but I, I just think he's going to be extremely motivated to look like the Clay of old. And we saw it last year in the playoffs, right? Trying to literally manifest Game Six in the finals, <laughs> like manifest Game Six play. He wants to be there so to me that's interesting and you're right in the sense that if he is clay at any point 
it does start making you look at well, what, what does that mean for the rest of these guys? Because if Clay is if the old Clay, yeah. if Clay is the old Clay, then there's no minutes left. Like this is not a question. So that to me is is kind of interesting in how that works out, especially with Jordan Poole. But I, I agree with you. I don't think it's, this is something we're going to learn like right away. Even though I think he might try, I don't think we're going to learn right away. But also the other element is. They're the hunted now. It's different trying to repeat. It's different with every game you got to get up. And I wonder how that impacts some of these young guys. Like, it's they were playing under a bit of a different paradigm. And now it's like, okay, we, we've already seen it in preseason where, you know, these dudes aren't missing against the Warriors. It's going to be one of the years where people come in and don't miss. <laughs> and they just, they're going to be on, they're going to be on 10 because it's the Warriors. So even though you don't need him, at some point, it might, like, that value that he has as experience and he's been through this before, like, will pay, pay dividends. Well, yeah, you need him in May. You know what I mean? In May, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, that's when you need him. And you need him in Memphis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? yeah, you, need him, you probably need him in Denver. But he's kind I of, you could tell he's a little him. bit, you could tell he's, a he's like, in into October basketball, though. Like, even the other day, he's like, yeah. He's saying how nervous he was because he hadn't played October basketball in so long. And I don't know. I mean, you know, I think he's going to want to play a lot of games this year. I don't I expect him to play is, on, on back to backs. Yeah. To. I think he's like, man, come on. I've been, I've, I've been holding, I've been waiting for to get kind of back to a real normal for a while. And last year wasn't a real normal, especially not to start. Uh, and even when he was playing the regular minutes, like, uh, you know, he wants to make shots at a higher clip. I think I think Clay wants nothing more than to have some early um, back moments. <laughs> I, just, I just think he wants that, and I want to see if he can get it. Yeah, which is like, man, I mean, if he's good and he's playing on a relative nightly basis, again, and I'm not trying to, like, bring this up already, but just it it really is. Like, I'm, I'm curious about what the second unit looks like tomorrow. There are – so this roster is interesting in where you have an empty 15th spot. You have Andre Iguodala, who will, who's not going to be ready for the regular season, and who knows when he'll even play. Then you have two rookies who are Santa Cruz bound. Patrick Baldwin and Ryan Rollins are just not going to be in the rotation. We know that. So that's four – you know, we'll call them basically like empty. Yes, yeah. four empty spots. So you that that trims it down to eleven. But the eleven are absolutely loaded. I mean, you have the obviously the established starting lineup. You have Poole as a six man. Again, DiVincenzo and Jermichael Green are like the veterans who came to be in the rotation. So you're already at eight right there. And then you have the three young guys, Wiseman, Kaminga, and Booty, who all had flashes in preseason that made you believe, like, oh, yeah, they're ready. You know, they're ready for, for minutes. And that's 11 guys. And tomorrow, all 11 of those guys will be available. Um, and and they're going to play. Yeah. So, you know, and he, he, yeah, he'll probably go 11 deep, but still, like, play is different than, like, oh, James Wiseman got eight minutes tonight. Kaminga didn't fit this matchup. And it's just, this is, it's a very good uh, problem for Steve Kerr to have. But it's but still if a he, problem. But <laughs> if he has all 11, what lineups does he use? Who gets trained? Like, you know, player 9, 10, and 11, and particularly 10 and 11, may see the floor, but it is going to be a brief cameo. Who, we'll just, I'll ask you this question, like, who right now to you, Entering the season, do you expect to be like 9, 10, 11, or 10 and 11? Who, yeah, you might see blank tomorrow, but you're not going to see him very long. Well, I think Jermichael Green's one of those guys to start because, like, the way Steve's been talking about Kaminga and the obvious need 
for Kaminga, or I, I won't say need, but the obvious like desire they have for Kaminga to kind of take a step forward, he's gonna get a shot. He's gonna get he's gonna get his opportunities. He's gonna get his his starts. Like you know, when people aren't somebody's out, he's gonna be the one to start. Like, and, and if if he's getting that, then to me, the guy who's not is Jamichael Green. Uh, and you know, it, it, that's interesting though because. Man, Steve loves guys like Jermichael Green. He leans on those guys, right? Like, he he loves guys who know how to play basketball and what they're doing and where they're going. So it's it's going to be a bit of a test. You know what else within that? He likes Kaminga next to a Jermichael Green because he spaces the floor. And he likes Wiseman next to a Jermichael Green because he spaces the floor. While he, you know, a Wiseman and Kaminga pairing. Well, it did look good in that Denver game. That's the first time I've seen them on the court together. And you're like, ooh, this is kind of working. But... But it worked for very specific reasons. Yeah. Because they were playing like Kaminga was committed to being a slasher, being in a dunker spot, being a finisher at the rim and running the floor hard. And not I'm about to take this dude off the dribble. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm nice. Yeah. Uh, and he just put overall just played a really good game, right? He had seven assists. He was moving the ball quick, quick decisions. That's the, the biggest thing. I mean, I put it in my story today. They still, uh, they were talking about that pass today, the pass yeah. that he made to Wiseman. Yeah. Who was um, the most excited about that? It had to be, was Steve inside just bubbling? Well, I tell you who was, wherever he was. Uh, if you go rewatch the highlights of that Denver game, like every time Kaminga or Wiseman are either making an individual player connecting on a play, Joe, like it was just bursting out of his seat with like a double fist pump. <laughs> he was hyped the other night. But I mean, again, I, I, put, I put it in uh, the story I wrote today that was like kind of, I guess, you know, a, a deeper just look at kind of the state of this, like, you know, youth movement within the, the dynasty like they just don't want him to be like the, basically don't be a ball stopper that's the big thing with coming just when the ball gets to you it's the point five stuff that they've talked about but um who 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 matters more to you this season Kaminga or Wiseman it does feel like Kaminga is fresher and readier off last season but Wiseman like you can he just has the backup center job right away that's why to me it's easier to just see him mattering right away yeah, definitely. To me, definitely Wiseman. Uh, like you could see a scenario where Kaminga doesn't play much for stretches, where he ends up being the odd man out, and I just don't. <laughs> I don't see that with Wiseman. Uh, number one, he just you know he's a little bit older. He sat. He had a year off, so he's he's fresher. They've been waiting for this, but they just don't have another option in that situation. <laughs> Like, who's playing center? And Marcus. I mean, I guess Jermichael Green. Jimmy S. on the chat says Kaminga seems like a bust to him already. It's just his opinion. I'm I, Sorry, I'm trying to I'm trying to rope in some of the, the, the live responses to this. Stuff. Oh, man, I didn't, I didn't know people was popping on yet. Okay, all right. At some point we, pretty soon we're going to bring a few we, people yeah, on to, get, yeah. to, to uh, ask, ask a question. I'm, I'm afraid to bring Jimmy S. on at this point. Um, but, yeah, definitely Wiseman to me. Uh what what they love about Wiseman is he he just brings something that they don't have in any other form or fashion. Just incredible size and athleticism. I mean, obviously Kaminga brings athleticism, but it's the size. It's to be able to bring in a seven one guy. And the West, like, there's a lot of bigs out there, so they they have that option now. Where before they just didn't. And it's also a different look. Steve's talked about that. It's a completely different look. Change of pace. I don't think he can he can make it. Remember that? Oh, remember how 
it was like David West and Sean Livingston. They were like this this deep super defensive unit, like a, a real super change of pace from like that potent offense with KD, Steph, and and Clay. Like he likes that contrast and being able to say, hey, all right, now I'm bringing in the seven footer. Now we bring it in the size. I think he likes that, and and it, it's actually pretty good. It, but he needs all of those minutes, all of those reps, all of the experience, and I think he's going to get it, whereas I think there will be times where I could see where Kaminga's out of rotation. I don't know if that will happen, but I could see it. That's that's where the difficulty of this coaching situation falls on Steve Kerr because, to be honest, like Jonathan Kaminga in year two of, of his growth development, like he's ready to be an NBA rotation guy. And it because how loaded the roster is at various you know, points, he might, like you said, I mean, it is realistic to, to believe there might be a two-week stretch where Michael Green's just playing well and they, you know, he's just on the outside looking in. I don't think that's good for Jonathan Kaminga. And I don't think Jonathan Kaminga will love that either. So, like, that is going to be a, a difficult balance. Uh, I mean, it's good for Jimmy S., right? Uh, it would be good for his agenda. <laughs> yeah, for his prediction. Uh, do do we want to uh, – is there anything else – what's – yeah, we might as well get some people. All right, we're going to bring Dylan S. in uh, for a question. Hopefully Dylan S. is ready. Wayne, to see how – I mean, everyone's saying that get rid of Dre, get rid of Dre, but he's just as important as as Clay and Steph. And, yeah, what do you guys see how he's going to play this season? What would be the contract that you reckon he could go for if he stayed for less money? Yeah, you know, I, I, I appreciate this question because I do think, obviously, just with the events of the last well, week, uh, which include – question, is that really Andrew Bogut? All right. Nah, but I uh, live pretty close to him. Oh, hey, you, you sound just like him. That's excellent. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, so I just, um, you know, obviously you have the practice punch, and then you have the uh, extensions for for Wiggins and Poole that you know signify uh, a tenuous future for Draymond. And I do think, you know, uh, you know, and we've written plenty about it. I do think that uh, he is facing. A very unknown future with the Warriors, but I think lost within that. Mar- and Marcus, I'll get your thoughts on this, but like you know, he remains just like absolutely vital to this team's legitimacy as a as a uh, title threat. And you know, people will want to point to, oh, look, Game Four. Or, you know, even the we can even rope in the first four games of the NBA Finals. Like he didn't play that well. Obviously, Looney's uh, emergence in within the playoffs last year allowed them to bench Draymond in that four game four. But just look at the playoffs in general, or even the season in general. They established themselves again as a top, you know, the top defense in the league with Draymond that first few months. They fell off a cliff defensively when he was gone, and then in the playoffs, they they probably get by Denver without Draymond, but. You know, let's say they play a fully healthy Denver team this year. They need him to do what he did to Jokic in the last playoffs, in these playoffs. Uh, Minnesota, if they face that Gobert Towns front line, like, you know, you can't be going into that with Kaminga Wiseman, essentially. And it's just obviously down the line. But um, what is your view just overall of the Draymond situation and his future with the Warriors, Marcus? Uh, I think he's going to play great. I think he's going to make this really complicated. (laughs) Right? I think he's going to. He's going to remind people that even though he's not always his best, when he's at his best, the Warriors just can't get better than that. Like, that's their absolute ceiling is when Draymond is playing his best. Uh, That's when they're the champion. So, and the question becomes, when we get a little bit more space from the incident, what happens when that becomes clear to 
Steph Curry to Clay Thompson, right? To to Kevon Looney to Andrew Wiggins, people who are like, yo, we want to win a title. Uh, yeah, and he has those five playoff games where the post game story is like, I know he scored eight points, but Draymond Green is the reason. They just changed his game. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So t- to me, as you get closer to that, I think you'll see it. Yeah, Dylan. Even in the game, he got benched. He came back in and had two crucial. It was seasons. incredible. Right? Yep, he did. Uh, and you know that part of that was because the kind of the motivation level of getting benched, right? What do you think this whole season might be to him? That's why I know, think he might play well. Yeah, Draymond, like this is where he's at his best when he feels like the world is against him and he's got to prove himself. He tends to get the best. My only concern with that, uh, Dylan, is you know if none of this stuff happened, we'd probably be looking at Draymond to be one of the people you rest because he's so vital. You need him for the playoff run. And, you know, if there was an issue last year, it probably was like he wasn't available for games uh, because he got he had the longest stint that he's ever been out. So I wonder now the fact that he needs to go hard, that he needs to play well, he needs to prove himself. Are you just making it harder for him to be available in the postseason when you need him? And that's going to be the difficult part. I, I imagine he might start off really well proving himself winning people back over, reminding everybody who he is. And then if he does that well enough, maybe you start seeing him kind of ease him off a bit in the middle of the season. But I just don't know if he can play 70 games of the Draymond that we know and then still do it all again in the playoffs, (laughs) right? Like that's that's a lot to ask. So to me, that's going to be the tricky part with him. But I don't think they can win a championship without him. Yeah, and as far as his future goes – you know, I'm still of the belief, and I, you know, I believe Joe Laker when he says he will not go too deep into, you know, the luxury tax, which means one of the bigger contracts. I would not expect to be on the roster the following season, but, and I'm not saying they're going down this path. I don't think they would. But Jordan Poole's contract tradable, Andrew Wiggins' contract tradable, um, just like Draymond's, if he accepts his player option you would expect that to be tradable as well. So it's not like it's been decided, even though, you know, if we're all reading the recent hints, uh, it does seem to be trending that direction. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Should we bring on somebody else? Dylan, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, yes. thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Where's Sam uh, K? Don't we owe him? Sam? Great. Well, I want to thank you for doing this. And one of the mo- more interesting points that I wanted to ask you guys about is regarding Clay, Because, I mean, he's my favorite player. And when it was talks about, okay, Draymond might be traded uh, you know, next season. That's one thing. But then when Marcus in his article brought up about how Clay, we might lose one or more of the original trio, like Clay being the other one. That's when my heart started to race a lot. Um, because 
and I wanted to know, like, from you guys, like, what is, like, kind of the temperature on that? Like, you know, even beyond next season, because I always thought Clay would be definitely willing to take a pay cut to stay. Uh, granted, like, his role not diminishing at the same time. He, I'm sure he wants to do more of that. But um, I always thought he'd be willing to take a pay cut. So um, what is the temperature like on Clay specifically? Like, splitting up the Splash Brothers? Like, I mean, with Draymond, I can sort of come to terms with that but splitting clay and step up is just tough i'll just quickly say you know before i kick it to marcus problem for like the idea of clay taking a pay cut is clay's two years away from even being like allowed to take a pay cut like he's on on the books for 40 what is it like 43 million or something next season that can't be worked down in advance and next season is the blinking light like you know iceberg ahead of the titanic essentially that the warriors are looking at from a tax perspective so you know, Clay, even if Clay decides to take a pay cut long term, which maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Marcus, I want to get your thoughts on that. It still doesn't solve next season's problem. Yeah, I, I think that's critical. Like that 43 is on the books. But also, I mean, I understand why people say it. If I'm Bob Myers, I'm asking Clay to take a pay cut just because, you know, you paid him $68 million to rehab. But what about Clay? has ever made people think <laughs> he was okay with taking less money. Like that dude feels like he's a superstar, right? Yep. Really so. So we haven't heard Clay talk on this, uh, but I, I don't know that that's a guarantee that he's going to just go ahead and give a discount. Uh, the only way, not, it, and this it, is my opinion, the only way you're getting Clay Thompson a discount is if Clay Thompson plays himself to the point that the market takes his money down. Like, so I guess you, that wouldn't be a discount. You may get him on a pay cut just because he cannot get more money, but I don't think he's just happily, you know, I'll take or the mid-level. Decides, I don't want to leave. Like, I might, I don't want, I can't leave. So here, here's the question, Sam. What's easier for Clay to take, a pay cut or a, a roll off the bench? Oh, that's tough. He's never going to accept the roll off the bench. You but... feel me? So if a dude is saying, you ain't bringing me off the bench, that same dude just going to automatically be like, yeah, and take $20 million off my salary. We just Please don't ask know. him when you have a chance. Marcus and Anthony, ask him. Like, fill, I mean, Put that into like one of your questions. Like, Talk to him a little nah, bit about that. I'm going to give you a little hint. I'm going to give you a little hint, Sam. We, we, that's, that's the type of question I wouldn't ask at the podium. Because now when you ask that, everybody has the answers. I would much rather ask that in a private setting so I can have yes. the answer to myself. And now you oh. have to get it from the athletic. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, but, hey, but he's clearly a subscriber, so he can read yeah. it at the yeah, athletic. Absolutely. So we but like that. Absolutely. like that is a little bit tougher than everybody else. <laughs> so, All right. I'm gonna, I choose. will choose. Uh, let's see. Here I am trying to get a there. voice on here. And then you want to rock with me. Come on. Can you hear me? Ah, we can hear you. Hey, man, you guys do great work, man. I really like your articles. Um, I actually have two questions, a basketball question and I guess a journal question because I'm interested in like, I'm not interested in journalism, but I'm interested in what you guys write. Um, First, I'll start with a basketball one. Um, In your article, you talked about Jordan Poole, like it's an unlikely incentive if he makes an all-NBA team. Is that like how the team views him? Like, he's unlikely to make an all-NBA team? Because, I mean... That's actually, like, literally the term that's used by the NBA, where a, oh, like, okay. a likely incentive is something that, the if it happened last season, the NBA deems it a likely incentive, and they put it oh, into okay. the 
it's likely to convey, so it's part of the assumed salary, where an unlikely incentive is something that did not happen last year. He didn't make All-NBA. He did not win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he didn't win MVP. So those are considered unlikely, so they don't even show up in his salary. Got and it. then, you know, if he hit it, it would you would get taxed for it at the end of the year. As far as to your general question, I do think that's – I think Jordan Poole's, and I think they believe, has, like, fringe-level all-star. I, and if you're all-NBA, you're, like, a top-15 player in the league. I, that's pretty ambitious, in my opinion. But it's not completely out of the realm, possibly. Just because he could just be an insane, like, 50, 40, 90, 24 points a game. But I honestly think that would have been more likely, at least, all-NBA, if he got away from the Warriors. And, yeah. you know, if he went to an Orlando Magic and they just gave him the ball, and he could take as many shots as he wanted. It feels like one of them situations like uh, Steph Curry, where it's like, how how does the player essentially make sure they aren't outplaying their contract to a crazy degree? Whereas Steph you. ends up becoming a two-time MVP, All NBA player, but he's still on a on a you know a deal where that is what's funny, right, Marcus? If he signed this contract back in the day, part of his like whatever it was, four for forty-four had like MVP as an incentive, we would have laughed, right? We'd yeah, like, yeah, right. okay, yeah. bro. Yeah, that's crazy to think about, actually. But the question I want to ask about when you guys like write articles is um, like for the ones you guys keep, like today Anthony had that article, it was an article about like the two timelines. So do you guys like usually have articles that you try to keep like over like a season or how does that work when you have to do articles like on a day-to-day like covering the game you know when you do your observations like how does that work yeah i mean every you know the if i'm writing something off a game i'm more just reacting to the game and deciding what type of angle i want to take off that but generally especially as me you know me and marcus are around the team so often uh really all year when we can be uh you just i mean some stories accumulate over time and you take little pieces from uh what you learned this day and that day and you know obviously you eventually put it together the one i did today was definitely something over the last like two weeks i've been putting together marcus what would you say we do maybe like seven eight of those a year like bigger picture pieces that you know take a lot of time and then the other ones are more i don't know what you're talking about every piece i write is on display well i mean where i will agree is like every piece you write comes with a, a level of like there's just institutional knowledge that is beyond, you know, the last year. It's really a 15 year story in a sense of, you know. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. I'd say about probably, yeah, probably six or seven. You know, five some years. But you know, when, when the the team could jump that to ten if it's if it's good enough. Uh, uh, hey, Estevan says we keep talking about Kaminga and Wiseman, but in his opinion, Moody is the most ready. I think we kind of agree. That's why we're talking about Kaminga and Wiseman because Moody is kind of locked in. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I feel like Moody's playing. Yeah, which There's not much question about it. I I wouldn't be surprised if three weeks from now there's kind of a Moody Divincenzo discussion, particularly if Clay is really like healthy and back to 35 minutes a night, yeah. and Poole's getting yeah. his 30 off the bench because you know the backcourt yeah, minutes are scarce. Steph Curry also exists on this team. He's getting 36 minutes. So, like, when but it I comes think the Wiggins back up too. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, like, who who would you say is higher in the pecking order, yeah. Moody or Divincenzo entering the season? Yeah. I kind of think it's Divincenzo. All right, we get another one in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll just skip what I said. Is it? Is we'll this Tim K? Is this Tim Kawakami? Wow. 
Tim on it. He's not even supposed to be podding, but he just wanted to get in the live room so Let's much. Let's see if this is not Kyle Kamen. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Is yeah, Tim unfortunately, I'm not the TK, although uh, no, nah, my, my friends have a lot foster. of fun uh, poking at me about that. For today, uh, be the, love the what you guys TK, so go ahead. I uh, love what you guys do. This is great. I'm glad we get this forum to chat with you a little bit. I had a question kind of about the future, and I know in, in terms of the financial commitments, and I feel like, you know, even with your coverage, and this is maybe more of a dating LaRue thing, but uh, with the media rights deals coming up and everyone's talking about the cap going up, et cetera, I don't feel like we're, everyone has a real picture of what those numbers are going to actually look like. Like I saw a, um, a tweet today from a, a media reporter, Peter Kafka, who said that they're thinking the media rights are going to 3x, something like that, like up to $8 billion or something just ad, uh, totally absurd. And when you think about what the cap is at now and what's going to look like when, you know, some of these guys inevitably need to get paid. I mean, the young guys getting paid, we're kind of going out in the future a bit. I, I kind of am just not really worried about that in terms of, I know next year is going to be a crunch, but then if you can get past that one year, maybe you're in the red for a year with a huge bill, then it just doesn't seem to become like a big I issue. Mean, right? I, I feel you, Tim, but like nobody from the Warriors is communicating in that fashion. Mm-hmm. They're they're not treating it like ah it's gonna be a rough year. You know the they're what I heard about, on the TV deal happening. <laughs> yeah, the TV deal I've heard they've been like oh that's theoretical. You know like that isn't you know nothing has been confirmed yet on that. And I right, understand right. they need they need to calculate that in beyond the scenes. And I think that is a main driver in why Poole and Wiggins actually got done because I know one of the conversations I had beyond the scenes is like you know Poole is gonna make whatever it is like twenty percent of the cap or something this mm-hmm. year. And he's, and you know, their eight percent raise is coming up. But by the end of that deal, when he's you know twenty five, twenty six, he's still mm-hmm. only going to be making like I think he might even it might even go down like as far as the projections go right now, he'll only be making like nineteen percent of the cap, even though his money's going to go up every year. So I think that's part of why they actually did these deals. Um, and and you know these guys will be exceedingly tradable, but there's a lot to be determined. You know, right? Nobody saw the pandemic coming. Think about what that did. Yeah. To, I do uh, think that's also yeah. part of it, too. I think they took some serious L's during the pandemic, and mm-hmm. the ability to recoup that is where if they want to get to the point where it's like, all right, let's let's get some of that back. But I'm just, I just want I just wanted to be clear. Like, I even talk about this from the perspective of, man, they'll be all right this one year. Like, don't even trip. You'll get it back in down a long road. <laughs> but that's just not how they talk about it. They see 450, and they're grabbing their chests like, Fred Sanford, like, right? Like, cause coming, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, I got you. It, it just that that's how they talk about it. Now, some of it could be posturing, some of it could be, you know, prepping. I still think there's a part of Joe Lacob who don't, who just doesn't like going out there and saying, I don't have the money. Right. <laughs> well, he's, I mean, it, I, I think you guys have talked about this, trigger. right? Like he's not that he's, he's certainly not a poor guy, but by NBA owner standards, he's not one of the, the you know, the real big shots like Ballmer uh, or even Mark Cuban. No, I think I, honestly, and again, like, don't quote me as this is a firm fact, but I kind of think he's, I think he's bottom 10 as far as like um, personal, wealth. you know, just yeah, like yeah. pure personal wealth, which, you know, this is, this is a group where I would gladly be 30th of 30. Um, but yeah, I, I he, yeah, yeah it's not, 40, I'm good. yeah, right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we appreciate you coming on.
Give my love to the inferior TK. Ooh, I like Ooh, it. Ooh, inferior. <laughs> Tim's going to love that one. Um, all right. Let's do – what do we want to do? One more, Marcus? Yeah, one more is good. Should we close this out with Jimmy S? <laughs> let's go Jimmy S. Let's, let all me right. Jimmy S talk all, right. talk. all right, Jimmy. Let's get your Kaminga thoughts. What's going on, guys? Y'all hear me? What's up? What's yeah, we can hear you. All right, bet. All right, so now I was thinking, okay, with the Draymond Green situation, I think that the team took – they say light years ahead. They took light years back. Now suspended Draymond for at least five games. There's no way in hell that uh, a team member should be allowed to punch another team member in the face like that. And not, I don't even believe they find him, to be honest. That's my honest opinion. Well, the max, the like max they, fine they can give is $50,000. Well, $50, yeah, which yeah, yeah, we know that's not I don't that believe much. it. Uh, well, yeah, I don't believe uh, it, though. I don't believe it. it Marcus, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this because you gave a, I thought, a, a good summation of it last time, which I kind of do think is at the heart of it. I know it was kind of. Uh, so the, yeah, the way ahead. the way I see it, and I've talked to a couple of people who said this was, you know, part of it is this is this was too big to slap five games on it. Right. Like it. The issue wasn't the number of games. It's essentially like psychological. Like we want you to know that you are indebted to us. Like you won't be able to just do your five games and pay your uh, pay your debt and be like, all right, I'm good. This is over now, right? I, I think they're like, nah. We want the we want the price to be a little bit different. I, I, I because on a, on another pot of worst plus minus, I compared it to reparations, and so they were like, you know what? I felt what you were saying, but I'm I'm one of the people who like. I kind of would rather hold this over your head than to get some money and then you then you wash your hands of it. So I do think a part of them is saying, number one, I do think they didn't want to embarrass him, right? They didn't want to publicly kind of deal with this because Draymond has shown a, a history of not responding well to that, you know, and they have an example of that from last time when, when they suspended him a game for KD. But I do think a big part of it was, yeah, throwing a five-game suspension on this, and then you good that that's not that wasn't gonna work. So I, I think the bigger price they're trying to extract is is him being indebted to what they're doing and working his way back. I Basically think. like three hundred and sixty five days of punishment, not just you know, a week and debt is settled. It's like permanent I mean, cause debt Jimmy almost. for real, like if you was in trouble with your girl and she was just like, All right, man. Hey look, let me <laughs> let me tell you let me tell you guys another thing. Let me let me tell you why I'm I'm off the Draymond Green train, like to be honest. Like he he irks my life. I'm gonna tell you. Okay, so the other day I listened to one of his podcasts, right? It's a guy who I listen to on YouTube. His name is Am Hoops. His name is Casey. And he just brought up a couple things about Draymond. But on one of Draymond's podcasts on episode 18, he said, Welcome to uh 18th episode of the Draymond Green Pod. He said the same number of all-star games LeBron James has. Hey, what? No, I mean, obviously that's something that's out there plenty. Um, he's he's disgusted. He's, I want him off the team. Wow. Jeez, um, Jimmy, come on. He brought you four times. Yeah, no, bro, 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 bro. It's, it's, it makes me almost want to throw up in my mouth. Like, I'm tired of the, I'm tired of, like, no lie. I want him gone. Are you fine if he's gone and no titles are coming? Like, you know, they, they're off I the just, title. I, 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 no, 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 no. I, I don't believe I don't believe that they can't get a title without him. They should have extended GP2, though, because with him gone, that's going to be a huge blow on the de- defensive end. They should have extended GP2. 
Yeah, that's off yeah. the table at this point. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. I try to trade for him, to be honest. I try, I throw him a first round pick or send one to send Kaminga ass over there. I trade for him. Oh, we didn't even get into your Kaminga thoughts. Maybe next time. But Jimmy, we, appre- we appreciate you coming on. I appreciate hey, Jimmy, you guys. Next time I do this, you need to be on here, please. I want you to come back. All right. So the one thing I will say is the Draymond LeBron thing. Like, look, he's he's just like this is a business strategy. He's part of Clutch. They they partner with a ton of things. They I think make each other money, and I think that's at the heart of like the reason why you know. And I understand that that can irk some fans because LeBron is like maybe the pinnacle rival of this entire Warriors dynasty and it used to be much more angsty but even I mean beyond Draymond LeBron's a little chummy with Steph now too right I mean there's such an appreciation for what a little yeah Yeah, exactly Uh, so I don't know your general thoughts on that but I would just say look they make each other a lot of money and I think that's at the heart of the reason why he mentions him plenty and all that yeah I'm I'm never gonna be uh, the the arbiter of who people chooses to be friends with and how they express that friendship like that ain't no that ain't my call. <laughs> but that's 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 his guy, man. He 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 can decide how he wants to celebrate his guy. That ain't that ain't for me. All right, uh, I'm 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 gonna send us out of here. Sorry to anybody that uh, was trying to get on stage and didn't. Man, we I, will... I was trying to get a woman in here. Come on, man. You want? Kid? Nah, ain't nobody here. Yeah, all right. You're uh, probably right. I'm judging based on you know yeah. my understanding of uh, names and gender, which is obviously not you can't tell based on these names. But I think we're gonna do these sporadically throughout the year. Sometimes I think we're gonna do a post game, all 82s. Uh, it's fun to kind of interact with everybody. Looks like we got a good audience today. So thank you for everybody coming on. And Marcus, are you predicting the Warriors are gonna win the title? I went on the Athletic NBA show today. And I said Warriors to win the West, Bucks to win the title. Wow, I got Warriors, Bucks in the finals too. I just don't, I just didn't pick yet. You so still, I'm still say, holding out. You have 24 I'm hours. Say, no, still I'll, don't I'll, I'll say it right now. Uh, Warriors, Bucks in the finals, and to win the series, I got. I think you cut out right when you were telling us your winner. Wow, this is a stunning. We will never, we will never learn again. Who Marcus Thompson was going to pick for uh, to win the NBA title because he left the podcast right before he said it. So uh, maybe next time I, w- I will quiz him on it. Thank you to everybody for coming on.